Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined by none other than Mark Paul Gossler, perhaps better known to some of you as the actor who played Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. Now, just to be as clear as possible about what both you and the listeners are getting into, you've somehow never seen Saved by the Bell. Is that correct? Are you doubting me, Dashiell? Yeah, I'm calling you a liar minute one. I'm, I'm questioning your character <laughs> as a human being, not a character. This is a question that I've been asked since we launched the trailer. Have you really never seen an episode of Saved by the Bell? And the honest truth is I have not watched an entire episode from start to finish in 30 years. I have a practice where I don't like to watch my work. I am a product of having grown up in front of a camera and I learned very quickly to do the work and then forget it. I'm very critical of myself. So I think it's best for me if I, if I sort of operate in a vacuum where my experience on the set and how I felt walking off of it is, is what I go by. And I learned that, you know, when I would watch Saved by the Bell or I'd watch a clip of it and I would watch myself as the character of Zach Morris, I really had a hard time watching that because it was such a departure from who I was that I became overly critical of the work that it would actually affect what I was doing on set. So I, I, I just, I have a practice of not watching myself. I, I still, to this day, rarely watch myself. And if I do, I, I do it by myself. My wife isn't even in the room at times because I'm just picking apart myself and, and things that I could have done better. And, you know, it's, it's much like I guess somebody at work and, and they look over the work that they've accomplished and they go, I can, I can do that better. I'm going I'm to take another crack at it. But with acting, once you see it, there's no hope of changing it. So I just don't. I get that. I get being at a job and one, not necessarily wanting to be there. And two, looking at your work and thinking, okay, it's done. I can move on to the next job. I think that's that's probably true across across most fields. Do you do that as a writer? I'm not a writer. And that's why I'm teaming up with you because of your brilliant work as a writer. Yes, I, I just gave you a huge compliment. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're talking, of course, about my emails, which are which are concise a little funny and often about three words too long just to leave you wanting less. Yeah, I, I would say I'm I'm actually critical the other way where I will reread and re-listen to and re-watch things and be like constantly picking it apart about how I could do it better, but I go the other way where when I would post a video, I would wind up watching it a dozen times just kind of like agonizing over, oh, my voice sounded weird there or that joke could have been funnier there or I could have made that edit smoother. So I, I go the other way on it to to hopefully make things as good as possible, but uh, I'm not sure it's it's that effective, to be totally honest. So so just to be clear, once again, you've never seen a full episode of Saved by the Bell in 30 years, which is confusing to so many people because it is so heavily watched. It is. It sounds like you saying the sentence, you know, I've never had a cheeseburger or something like that. People must look at you like you're crazy because who has not had a cheeseburger? Who has not watched Saved by the Bell? I have never had a cheeseburger. Okay, now I'm calling you a liar. <laughs> that can, that just, that just, I've, I've seen the show. So this is the only TV rewatch podcast where the star of the show has never watched the show in question and where the co-host had nothing to do with the making of the original show. Now, unlike Mark Paul, I've seen Saved by the Bell a lot. And now is probably a good time to introduce myself uh, because 
unlike Mark Paul, I am just pretty, just a smidge off the floor of nobody, uh, and explain how this unlikely pairing came to be. Who are you, Dashiell? Oh, man. Every day I wake up, I look in the mirror, ask the same question. <laughs> in September of uh, 2017, I was working at Funny or Die, and I wanted to be a TV writer, and someone told me the best way to get that job the only way, really, is to write a spec script. So you have a writing sample, and you can show people, hey, I can I can do this job I want to do. And I had the idea to write a Save by the Bell script because I remember watching the reruns a lot as a kid, and I thought, oh, I can do like a funny, weird take on a Save by the Bell episode. And in order to kind of nail the like structure of the episodes, but also the way the characters talk and all that stuff, I figured, I well, I better just rewatch a bunch of these. And... Upon doing so, it was instantly instantly very clear to me that a lot of the plot lines of the original Saved by the Bell would just never, never fly today. They were, yeah, Zach was learning lessons, but the way he was doing it and the route he would take to those lessons were just, I mean, at best, often illegal and usually just like truly abhorrent. <laughs> so I thought, oh, there might be something here, maybe like a article or a video or even then I thought maybe, maybe this is a podcast. I don't know. And I made one video about the time. This is a spoiler, Mark Paul. So if you want, you can cover your ears. Or they are covered. I have headphones on. Oh, nice, good one. You see what I did there? <laughs> this is what you can expect for the rest of the season. This is like next. <laughs> and you say you're not a writer? Are you sure? Because <laughs> that was pretty good. In an effort at the time to tie internet videos to topical events, I decided to pick the episode where Zach Morris lies about being Jewish to go to a baseball game on Rosh Hashanah. And then I timed the video, it just so happened it was that week, where it was Yom Kippur, which is about a week out from Rosh Hashanah. Everyone's favorite holiday in the Jewish religion is Yom Kippur, truly the most somber day of the year. But I decided, oh, this is a good time for a Say by the Bell nostalgia video tie-in. And I don't think anyone cared about the fact that it was released on a high holy day, but it, the video took off and people instantly latched onto this thing. And it was this aha moment of like, whoa, I, I better make more of these. And so I did. I made I made nine more Zach Morris's trashes over the next 10 weeks. And by the time those were all done, it was so clear this was like the the biggest thing. It was definitely the biggest thing I'd ever been a part of working at Funny or Die. And it was like the, the biggest runaway hit. And somewhere along the way, you actually, you, you found those videos or those videos found their way to you. I'm trying to think of the timeline, but that spec script that you wrote, I somehow read excerpts of it. And I think, didn't I reach out to you? And I said, I think I want to read this maybe with the, with the original cast. Yeah. So the spec script is a true story of just absolute procrastination. The key to writing is just never writing at all. If you want to call yourself a writer. So I had the idea for the spec script and I, that's what got me watching Say by the Bell. And that's what got me recording Zach Morris's trash. I didn't actually sit down and write that thing for, I think another like year and a half. I just was too busy goofing on Zach Morris and cranking out these internet videos every single Friday that it became like I got kind of tunnel vision on those and then I made a, a spinoff series about other TV stuff because when you got a hit you might as well make a spinoff but I did write that spec script eventually and you did reach out to me on Twitter and it was like the the coolest thing I could not imagine anything cooler than you than that script having like landed on your doorstep but even before then I saw an interview pop up where people started asking you about Zach Morris's trash and your response was positive. The quote I read from you somewhere along the first or second season of those videos was like, oh, he's seen these and he he doesn't hate them. 
Yeah, well, first of all, uh, your bar is very low if that was the coolest thing uh, for me to reach out to you. Below the floor. Yeah. It's in the basement. Um, just just putting that out there. But yeah, it, it was funny. I, I would do interviews for other projects that I was doing one season of and then moving on. I'm not mad, but... Uh, People would ask me, are you okay? That was a big thing. Is, are you okay with this series, Zach Morris's Trash? And at first I thought, I, I don't know. I, I know nothing about this. And then I went down the rabbit hole. And once you watch one, it's like a Pringle. You just can't stop. <laughs> and I watched a lot of them and they're really good. If you're a fan of Saved by the Bell, I don't see how you couldn't be a fan of this. And yeah, when you look at the title... Zach Morris is trash. How dare you? Right. You know, people would say he's shitting on Zach. And I'm like, he's really not. It's a celebration of the product, but yet also pointing out how absurd some of these things are. And you're right. Some of these things we would never be able to produce today. Yeah. I think what some of those very, very vocal, angry defenders of the Zach Morris legacy failed to realize is I would not take the time to so thoroughly goof on something if I wasn't a fan of it in the first place. (laughs) I don't think I'd have the groundwork in place to be able to joke about specific characters with such depth if I hadn't extensively watched the series before. So yeah, I, I was certainly a fan and I grew up watching the reruns after school and on Saturday morning after cartoons before that. So I definitely had that base and I, I'm glad fans found it, but also there's like a whole generation of people who never saw Say by the Bell. And then this this video series became this weird portal into the 90s of like, what the hell was going on back then? <laughs> like, I don't think people were okay. I think they, like people saw these plots and thought like, this is what, you know, now, now like euphoria is pretty shocking as to what goes on in a high school. But I'm not sure it's edgier <laughs> than, than what was happening at Bayside in some of those plot lines. In this podcast, do you think we'll hit some of those uh, topics? I mean, when I say some, will we hit all of them? I'm so glad you asked that question because, yeah, we're, we're going to... Well, let's not, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It is worth noting that you retweeted that spec script, which was huge for me at the time, but you also talked to my, my now boss, uh, Tracy Wigfield, to give me a, a writing job on the reboot. And I'm hugely indebted to both... Zach Morris, the character, as giving me so much material over the years, uh, but to you as a person for now the jobs, plural. But I, I really do owe you a, a debt, so not one I will pay financially, but thank you, and I'm glad that we get to team up now to... Okay, uh, Dash, well, don't make this awkward. I mean, really. Okay. I mean, don't, just... just. Uh. Okay. All right, I'll just, I'll look, I'll, I'll Venmo you $500. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I want you to know that I'm taking this seriously because this is your Bayside education, and there's there's very little in this life more important than an education. And I also want to know that you're taking it seriously, which is why I prepared a syllabus for this first season of class so you and, of course, the listeners, hello listeners, uh, can know what to expect. Boy, this is serious. Yeah, no, I, I used the word serious several times to to drive that home. But yeah, this is serious. Education is serious. You might not know that from watching Saved by the Bell, but it is a serious topic. I might not know that also because I had education on the set of Saved by the Bell. I mean, I literally never went to school. Yeah, your version of a like social studies teacher was a guy pointing to his watch saying, we are 30 minutes behind for lunch <laughs> uh, and Steve is having a cigarette. Uh, can we wrap this up? Yeah. Now, if you'll turn to page one of the syllabus... 
We're going to do intros. I think we got that out of the way. We know who you are, certainly. Mark Paul Gosler, star of Saved by the Bell and many other projects. And me, guy who made videos. Great. Intro's out the way. Now on page two, there is a placement exam. I want to make sure you're in the right class here, Mark Paul. I know you've said that you have not seen an episode in 30 years and you, you never really watched it when it was on. I wish you could see my face at the moment. My face is scrunched. Scrunched? Like, in a, good, like a good scrunch? Like a happy scrunch? When I hear, a, you know, it's, am I in the right class? Keep going. Go ahead. Well, you know, sometimes, sometimes, and I'm not saying you would do this, but Zach Morris might, uh, you might lie about where you place in a class just to get an easy A. You might say, oh, I'm good for this math class when you're much more advanced just because it's, a, you know, an easy 4.0. But Dashiell, I'm an actor. This is what we do. We lie all the time. That is this true. This is how I got every job. That is true. Every job that I've ever been a part of has been a lie. I mean, I, I, I say that I'm the best. Am I really? Uh, probably not. But I get these jobs based on lies. Yeah, fake it till you make it and then continue faking it. <laughs> that is how you stay working in this town. So here I have, I prepared a few questions. It's just, it's just four questions and this should hopefully be over soon and painless. The motto of this podcast, where did Zach Morris go to high school? Bayside high. Look at that. First one. Now these do get a little harder as they go on. Okay. And that was, by the way, that right there was to weed out the lies because if you didn't know that one, then I know this whole thing was a sham. So that was actually a trick question. I, I, I don't want to get off on the wrong foot here, but I am trying to trick you immediately but I'm glad you passed that with flying colors. So question number two, what school sport did Zach compete in? Uh Oh, well, Slater was a wrestler because Mario Lopez wrestled in real life. Uh, I think, uh, well, I'm looking, I'm in my office right now and I see a Letterman jacket. Oh man, that's cheating. Oh, it is. (laughs) You brought in the answers. Well, no, but he, (laughs) he has a Letterman jacket, so he must've been in football. Right? Of some sort? You might think that, but that's incorrect. Zach Morris was not on the football team. He would have certainly been crushed. Although football did play a big role in Saved by the Bell. No, Zach Morris was in track and field. Yeah, okay. He was a, uh, there you go. If you're going to cause the kind of mischief he was up to, you better learn how to run <laughs> and fast. So that, that makes sense. Was he endurance or sprint? You know, I'm not sure they ever... You First of all, you never saw any actual field of athletics uh, it, at, at any point in the show. It was like stock footage of, of football in black and white when they would want to show a game. But you never saw him run, so I don't think they covered... Maybe maybe they did cover like... It's like a 50-yard dash or something like that. I, I don't think they got too specific into it. This is another one where now now you're testing the tester and I am... I'm like barely passing. I think I'm I'm like a 70% on your questions on my questions. You're going to get a lot of flack on on social media. Oh man, I can't I, wait. I, I cannot, can't wait for this. I cannot this. wait. My how the tables have turned. <laughs> and now that these are getting a little a little tougher, what was Belding's brother's name? That that's easy. And the only reason I know this is because we've been talking about characters and his name was Rod Belding. And um, look at that. Yeah, I do remember that. And I do remember what he looked like. He had long blonde hair and looked nothing like Mr. Belding, played by Dennis Haskins. Rod Belding had kind of like a cool Michael Bolton thing for like the 90s going on. Like, I think someone saw Michael Bolton and was like, what if he was like the cool substitute who's like also Belding's brother? And that kind of feels like where they landed on, a, on Rod's casting. <laughs> and lastly, finish this sentence. It's a line from season one of Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris is a blonde blank. Oh, oh, I do know this one. I'm so, I belong here. Is a blonde Tom Cruise. Look at that. 
So you do have like, um, it's the kind of memory where when you see it, you kind of remember it. You know what I mean? It's like multiple choice questions. Like you, you can be guided here. You do have something going on rattling around up there of, of these memories. It's called pulling it out of your ass. So you do have some memories and it's not completely gone, but you know, the fact that you think Zach Morris was maybe on the football team shows that this is for real. This is not a show you've really watched or studied or been immersed in like so many people have. No, but a lot of these things are memes or little clips that you see, things that people share. I am aware and exposed to those things. So, But actual plots and actually knowing the ins and outs of the show, I, I, I don't have much of a memory. You know, it's, it's funny because I've talked to some of my other castmates and Tiffany, for example, sort of has a, a, a similar memory like I do where it doesn't really kick in until a certain age. And it also is the memory comes back in different environments. A lot of the times we shot the show on a set and eventually we moved outside of the set. And that's where we sort of remember the experience a little bit more clear, specifically talking about the beach episodes. For us, that was like a field trip. We got to film in Malibu and it was a departure from the norm. So we remember a little bit more about that time. But the beginning, like I don't remember, I remember little bits and pieces. And hopefully with this podcast, we can, you know, connect the dots. It's funny you say the beach episodes stand out to you because as a viewer, when I went back to go make the Zach Morris's Trash episodes, I remembered the beach episodes too, because they they stand out just because they were visually so different. You guys were all in these, you know, green and white uniforms and you were in a new location. And I think it's that, uh, as, as we're, we're all experiencing right now, when it's the same thing every day, the days can kind of start to blend together. So when everything is all lockers and classrooms, suddenly those beach episodes were just a whole different thing and feeling. And I was also surprised when I went back to see that, I think there's, I think it's five or six Malibu episodes, but it, when you're watching them or when I was watching them, it, it felt like a whole season or something. You were kind of out there for so long. But yeah, it was, it was just a handful of episodes really in the, in the series that, that definitely visually and tonally stand out. And for us too, as teenagers, that was a lot was going on at that time. And I think that that, that made an impression on us. I, I believe I was 16 at that time. I was able to drive to set and just a lot was happening. And you, know, you got to understand, we were going through a very impressionable period at that time. You know, it's like being 16, everyone kind of remembers what they were doing around 16, 14, a little fuzzy, yeah. 13, even more fuzzy. Also just boring. Like I remember what I was doing when I was 14. It was just, <laughs> it was just kind of boring. <laughs> 16. I mean, I remember being 16 and, and driving to the beach, but I, I definitely didn't have cameras waiting for me when I arrived or, or a catered lunch. So I would imagine that was pretty cool. Do you, do you remember what car you were driving at 16 to set in Malibu. Yeah, I my first uh, car was a Ford GT. Mario had one as well. And uh, yeah, we, we, we were like uh, Ford brothers. <laughs> and I remember Leah Remini at the time, you know, she, she came on and she was uh, a guest star. I remember Denise Richards. I remember, you know, the ATV race because I, I was very much into motocross. That was something that I had been doing since I was three years old. That was my sport. But, you know, my, my childhood was pretty um, standard, I guess. You know, I guess you can do air quotes of what standard really is. But 
I think that's why I was able to have an amount of longevity in the career and in, in the industry, because I had normal friends. I went to normal high school and a lot of people didn't know what I did and what I was doing. Because again, we talk about Saved by the Bell and we're talking about the current form of Saved by the Bell. It's been viewed many times over. It's on streaming. It was on cable. It was on broadcast. But at the time, Saved by the Bell was a Saturday morning show. Our competition was cartoons. We didn't have social media. We didn't know how many people were watching our show, if any. We were sort of operating in in a vacuum. We would do a season of Saved by the Bell, and then we would all say goodbye to each other we didn't know if we would come back. We would never get a pickup until the very last minute. We would all say goodbye to each other. And we really didn't have any ways of communicating with each other other than picking up the phone and who wanted to do that. And then we'd get picked up for another season. It was like, oh, hey, we're back. Hi, guys. And then we'd do another full season of Saved by the Bell. And then the same process. It was, I think we did uh, four seasons of the standard show. And this was this was the process every single time. When I noticed that the show became popular in the current form was when it was syndicated in 1996. Then all of a sudden people were watching it when they were coming home from school, not just having to watch it on Saturday morning on NBC. I believe you're a product of of having watched it as as a syndicated show. No, yeah, I absolutely am. I vividly remember watching it on Saturday mornings. It was kind of like stacked later after the bulk of the cartoons, like when reality would start settling in and, and there would be like Soul Train and also Saved by the Bell. You're like, oh, the the cartoons have now stopped. But I do remember watching it. And I also watched it when I would come home in high school. I would I would put it on. It was not deep cable. It was like deep public access kind of. It was called KDOC in Los Angeles. And they would, they would air a block of Saved by the Bell every single day. And I would watch it every single day after, uh, you know, that, that was just what I would watch while I delayed doing my homework. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm hugely a product of that syndication and of kind of watching it over and over. And, and you start to pick your favorites and you, oh, they're doing the Palm Springs movie in a few parts and you start realizing all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people. And I think part of what has the lasting power of Saved by the Bell culturally is that syndication in that it's never gone off the air. It is still on TV all around the world all the time. And if you went to any hotel anywhere on the planet and you just sat in bed, as you're totally entitled to do in a hotel, you don't have to go see the city, especially not now. If you start flipping channels, you will hit Saved by the Bell on a day. It's like impossible to avoid. And you cannot say the same thing about almost any other TV show. Like maybe maybe The Simpsons is one you could probably find anywhere around the world. or But like... Say by the Bell has 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 just somehow stood the test of time in a in a in a remarkable way. I mean, I, I don't think was there any universe you predicted that when you were making it. No, I don't think any of us predicted. <laughs> We'd still be talking about it thirty years later. I know that to be true for the actors. You know, I'm I'm glad we get to talk to some people that were on the production side of things. Franco Barrio being one, and and hopefully we'll talk to some other um, employees that help create the show. Artists. Some artists? They're not, you said employees, you know, they're, they were making art. Well, I consider myself an employee. I did what I was told. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I, still rem- I still remember that. I mean, I, I still remember the conversation that I had with one of our directors, I think, was the one that had this conversation with me. But I remember walking through the doors of our soundstage, and I believe it was Don Barnhart 
who directed the bulk of the series. And I remember him saying, when you walk through these doors, you become an adult. And probably not the best thing to say to a, a 12 or 13 year old at that time, because you know that the, 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 you could find so much wrong in, in that statement. But what he yeah, was- that, tr- is, that is certainly a problematic gray area to introduce. <laughs> what I took it as was you walk through these doors, there's a lot of responsibility. We are all here for a job. I felt like I was an employee and you know, you have to sort of check things that are going on in your life, uh, at the door and you have to take this seriously. And, and we all did, but I can say that we all loved what we were doing. And that's what, that's what you see, uh, as the final product, you see a group, a gang of kids and adults genuinely having a really good time being together and, and producing the show. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to talk to artists. No, I'm on your side. They're, they're, they're employees now. <laughs> they fill out the star paperwork. They're not, who, who are we kidding? It's a job. It's show business. It should be interesting to hear their take and their side of their story. And maybe I thought I was a pretty good kid, but maybe I was the biggest asshole that ever walked. We may find this out in our deep dive into Saved by the Bell in the world of the original show. Now, I'm so glad you talked about guests, uh, because that brings us to page three of the syllabus, guest speakers. Well done with the page turning effect. As much as I'd love to do all the talking, and I'm sure you would too, we have some very special guests lined up for this season, and here's a preview of one of them right now. Why are we talking about Saved by the Bell 30 years later? Why are we talking about it? It's unreal. (laughs) Can you believe... We are still talking about this little show we did. I know. It's, one, crazy to think that it was 30 years ago, because I truly feel not that old, but I guess we are. Do you have any memories from your first days on set? I don't, because I remember actually my daughter watching the first couple episodes, and it was like watching a foreign show. Like, I look at it, I'm like, oh, I kind of remember wearing that, I kind of remember my hair looking like that, but... Maybe it was because it was so new and different and we were young and maybe we were nervous. How many people come up to us and will say like, oh my God, do you remember that episode? Still to this day, I think again, because the show was nostalgic for so many people. I don't know if we look at it that way, the same as, you know, people who, are, who actually watched it. They expect me to remember exactly like what I said or what I wore. And most of the time, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm with you. We were going in and out of each other's lives, and I didn't hold anything close to me at that at that time. Yeah, I mean, we had we had a lot on our plate if you think about it, because we were at school, and like you and I both were like driving far distances to get to work. Remember how far you lived? You remember how far I lived at the very beginning? It was a huge day for us, like truly, to get up there and then go to school and then have to work and. So yeah, I, I, my memory really, I feel like it doesn't start until like about 16 when we got to the beach and then later after that, you know, and us truly like also big memories for me is like when you and I were touring, like doing things outside of the show, it was for the show, but like for us to like, when we went to Europe and all that, like those are big memories for me. Yeah, I guess hearing you say how I feel makes me realize we are trying to remember things we did at work. Yes, you're absolutely right. That was, of course, Tiffany Thiessen, who played Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell. I expect the the floodgates to release, Dashiell. 
I expect f- when people hear we have a platform to celebrate and talk about this show that has meant so, you know, the greatest show of all time. Undeniably, the greatest show of all time. No one disputes that fact. <laughs> no one. That I, <laughs> I, I think the floodgates are, are going to open. I think mostly they'll just say your, your co-host has a, has a weird voice. That's the, I feel like that gate is going to, going to be opening first, yeah. but then the other gates you're talking about, those sound good too. Yeah. If not, it's just going to be you talking and, and, and people bashing you on Twitter. It's going to be great. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to be bashed thoroughly on Twitter. A soundbite, I'm sure will come back to haunt me any day now. <laughs> and lastly, page four of our class syllabus. Today was orientation. You know, everyone gets up and says some nonsense about themselves. We certainly covered that. And there's no real learning on the first day of class. But I want you to know that moving forward, and when I say you, I mean you, Mark Paul, as well as you, the listener, hello, there will be homework. There will be homework for every following class. Yay. All we're asking of you, the listener, and you, Mark Paul, is to watch the episode that we will be covering in the episode of the podcast. So every episode of this podcast, besides this one, will cover one episode of Saved by the Bell, the original series. This this is a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to watch. This, yeah, no, it's, it sucks. I'm not sure why we signed up for this. <laughs> for the folks listening who they've already asked me the question on Twitter, and I saw you get tagged in it as well. This series will focus on the original Saved by the Bell. That is to say, we are, for the time being, breezing right past Good Morning, Miss Bliss, which is the original, original, original show. But Saved by the Bell was kind of the mutated spinoff that Miss Bliss later became like part of Saved by the Bell. But to begin this podcast and to begin this journey for you of your Bayside education... We'll be starting with Dancing to the Max, which is this season one, episode one of Saved by the Bell. I assume we danced and it took place in the Max. That's all I know. It's almost like you don't have to watch it, and yet you do. (laughs) Everyone, please remember to do your homework and watch season one, episode one of Saved by the Bell, Dancing to the Max, before next week's show. If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe, and if you want to leave a nice rating, that's great too. Zack to the Future is a presentation of Cadence 13. See you next week. 